0: Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail, and it does it in style. Just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxy.com and enter promo code REVELGROVE at checkout for thirty percent off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now, here's your host, Neil McCrady. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I'm your host, Neil McCready. Today on the show, as always, Zach Barry joins me. We'll talk some basketball recruiting. Things have changed, not really for the better, since the last time that we uh, got together. We'll talk some football recruiting where things really haven't changed and... Not for the better or the worse. Things are just sort of in a holding pattern for a little while. So we'll talk about those things and more Uh, before we do that. I want to uh, tell you that we're coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call the number, ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You just, excuse me. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. You can shop it around, or you can do what I've done. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll uh, you'll love the service. Corey wants to be your truck guy. He wants to be your car guy, and he will prove that to you. 662-257-1900. Now, about dead Soxie for a minute. Let me tell you, if you're looking for a unique way to brand your company swag, if you're looking for a special event to memorialize, Dead Soxy has you covered with their custom sock program. Click on the custom socks link. They'll walk you through the entire process from the complimentary digital mock-up. Before your order is placed to delivery logistics and even custom packaging, Dead Soxie is your place to create a gift they will use time and again. With all inclusive pricing, no upcharges or fine print, the custom sock design process is as simple as it gets. So head over to DeadSoxy.com. that's D-E-A-D, S O X Y dot com backslash custom. And don't forget, you can still save 30% on general orders with the promo code Rebel Grove. And as always, stay soxy. Zach, how are you? Neil, I, I had ventured back into
1: the world of Major League Baseball a couple months ago. Uh, the Braves had uh, gotten to the end of their regular season, uh, which was what ninety seven wins that's pretty good uh last time I checked. uh been keeping up with the uh n l d s and then uh today it has crashed and burned, so we are back on full on college football.
0: yeah, as we tape this, it is in the top of the third inning, and Atlanta losing to the Cardinals in the fifth and decisive game in the series, eleven to nothing. Freddie Freeman booted a double playground ball and the Cardinals made him pay. Mm-hmm. I've been a brace yep. fan for a week. And uh <laughs> I get off the wagon today to uh to tell you that I'm sorry. I know this pain. I have felt it far more intimately before. And uh I'd love to tell you that this will this will pass. It won't. This will hurt for a long, long time. And, yeah. Uh, At least
1: for 365. Yeah, there's the no good, good news. The good news is the Braves are very young.
0: You know the bad news? And we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's not where people want to They, they, they want to hear recruiting <laughs> and we're going to get there. I promise. But sometimes it's, frankly, there's not a hell of a lot of football recruiting to get to. There's some we will get to it you worry a little bit about the Braves this becoming a mental thing Mhm
1: so be what seven straight series yeah, losses Yeah this
0: this group it's 2 years in a row they couldn't get over the hump And in this series in particular I thought they blew game 4 game 1 and and then I know they blew game 4 and you look back on those games and go damn When you just get beat by a better team, yeah, you tip your hat, move on. Mm -hmm. You know, I talked about the Cubs in 15, because this Braves team reminded me a lot of the Cubs in 15. The Cubs won that NLDS over the Cardinals. Got over that hump. And then they lost to the Mets. The Mets swept them. But, you know, you could tip your hat and go, hey, man, those guys, it was Harvey and Syndergaard and DeGrom, and they were so good. It happens. This is tough. And Cardinal fans won't like this, except for the ones who are realistic. This Cardinal team's not that good. It's good. Mm-mm. They're good. Flaherty's been terrific. Schilt did a really good job nuancing the bullpen. Uh, Harris. They had some guys, Harrison Bader and, and uh, Edmond, and some guys gave them really good second halves. But this isn't a great Cardinal team. The best player no, on they're this not. Team is Best player on this team is Paul Goldschmidt. Second best player on this team is, I don't know, Ozuna. It's a good team. They're fine. I watched them a lot. I'm a Cubs fan. I watch the Cubs, the Brewers, the Reds, the Cardinals, the Pirates all season. I watch a ton of NL Central baseball. The Cardinals are good. They're fine. This is not getting beat by a really dynamic team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You watch a ton of baseball. Do you know why Ozuna wears a yellow sleeve?
0: It's uh, for his country, right? Something like that?
1: Oh, I don't know. I I thought it was weird he was wearing a yellow one instead of a red or gray or whatever. But, okay. I was just curious. For those of you at home that are wondering what the largest comeback is in postseason history, it was eight runs in Game 4 of the 1929 World Series. That was the A's that trailed – the Cubs, eight nothing.
0: Ace came back and won, and,
1: and that was and that was in the seventh.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that game. It was a tough game for a Cub fan.
1: <laughs> anyway, all right, that's that's enough. All um, right, let's talk some. Deal. Let's
0: start with basketball because things have changed since last week. Jamin Brakefield gets an offer from Duke. He takes said offer from Duke. His recruiting changed overnight, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, A.J. Hoggard committed to Michigan State. He's off the table, and our friend Sansom Rustavish, he uh, committed to Florida. So Ole Miss had three big targets on the board. They went over. They now turn their attention to uh, Matthew Morell, who is from Memphis. He's at IMG now. Uh, it's Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, who else did I hear on that? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Florida. Yeah, it's which which they did just get a point guard. It is Florida. They just got a guard. Uh, it's just Niles lane. I, the sense I get from talking to people is that they think it's Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. He he went to Vanderbilt last weekend. He comes to Ole Miss this weekend. Ole Miss would love to get him. And they would take him. I get uh-huh. the question, and you and I talked about this before we started. So what if they don't get him? Where do they go from there? I think there's a real, uh, a real possibility that they just punt and go into the spring and hold tight. They're full anyway. One senior leaves that they know uh-huh. for sure. Brian Tyree leaves, and Jarkel Joyner is getting his scholarship. So they're full. Um, I guess it is conceivable that Devontae Shuler leaves, although I don't think he will. I think he's leaning towards staying. So that would be one spot. And then any other spot is Attrition. And yeah, I, I hate to be the guy that predicts attrition. I've heard a name or two, but not from anyone inside the program. Outside people that are close to the program who think, hey, I think this guy could end up not being good enough and go. But not to a place where I'm comfortable even going any further than that because I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff could change.
1: Now, what if they... <laughs> this might be a little insane to say, but it's a podcast. What if they take a guy and this is kind of Kermit's way of, Hey, we got one guy coming. So it's a battle for the, for the, you know, for that second to last spot. And they make a decision that way.
0: Yeah. I don't know if, I don't
1: know if you'd ever openly admit
0: that, but yeah, maybe I don't think that's how you want to treat your players. I mean, they were prepared to do that. If you got Jamin Brakefield and, AJ Hoggard, mm-hmm. you know where guys can read the writing on the wall. Yeah, but basketball is such a transfer happy sport anyway. Not that football isn't because it it has gotten that way too. <laughs> it is now. Uh, that, that, if you're Ole Miss, you can you can wait, see what plays out in the transfer market.
1: Yeah. And now what about this? What what if Matthew Merle comes in town this weekend and he says, "Hey, I want to I want to come to Oxford. I want to I want to join this." They take the him. They take him. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's no, he's no slouch. He's number 45 player in the country.
0: No, no. They, they love him. They would take him. Yeah. Here's my point. Okay. They're not going to take somebody just to take somebody. Right. They're not going to fill a spot just to fill a spot. Because as of this moment, there's no spot to fill. This is not spin, by the way. Losing Jamin Brakefield is bad. It's no, it sucks. Nothing you can do about it. Because when Duke comes calling, well, that's that. You listen. And when people do the thing about, well, you know, you know how Duke does it. <laughs> Let me say this. Yeah, they do it. They do it like everybody else. Let me say this diplomatically. There's going to come a moment when people sometimes think, are you sanctioned by the school? Here's the proof that we're not sanctioned by the school. There's going to come a moment in all of these. For any program, when it wants to become an elite program, where it's got to get the deal done. Mm-hmm. That has been a struggle for Ole Miss. It's
1: yeah, true. if they if they want to compete with the big boys, that's what you got to do. What you got to do, and uh, you know, I think that this Merle situation, and I think it was a matter of, hey, we've got Hoggard coming in before him. And he's decided he's going to pick his school here. If he picked Ole Miss, then it would have been, hey, great. Sorry, Matthew. We got our spot filled. Best of luck. Now it's, okay, Hoggard didn't pick Ole Miss. So now, you know, 1A has moved on. 1B is coming in this weekend. I don't think it was a matter of he's a backup plan by any means. I think they liked them both. And it was just, okay, whoever whoever commits first gets it.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. No, they would be thrilled with Morrell. Thrilled. Mm-hmm. And look, and he, when you and recruit and he, and he in the rarefied air. He
1: that, plays on a high school team that might be as good or better than than Huntington Prep, where Brakefield and Hoggard play. IMG is loaded.
0: When you re- when you recruit in this kind of rarefied air, you're going to lose some. You, mm-hmm. you you. It's not for the faint of heart. Everybody else is recruiting those kids, too. How good is Jamin Brakefield? Well, Duke offered him. Yeah. I mean they, they were in they were in rarefied air. If anything Brakefield played his way out of their class.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know it, I, I'm pretty sure he's gonna stick with it, but it's gonna be interesting when he when he gets to Duke because he's their third forward in this class and then duke signed two forwards last year and last time i checked you only play 5 guys at one time and you only have one basketball so only 200 now minutes. yeah and, and and hey the hit rate for going to duke and then making it to the nba is quite high so i do not fault him for doing that
0: oh no i don't
1: i don't think anybody that's that's well, a human with yeah, a it's, brain it's, it's,
0: it's a It's the storied program of the last 30 years. Oh, they're, they're the Alabama of college basketball without a doubt. It's an opportunity to play for Mike Krzyzewski. Kid, You can hardly blame the kid. Yeah.
1: They have NBA guys in that locker room, in that gym, in that weight room almost every week during the off season. You got an elite staff there. I mean, come on. Great
0: opportunity, good for him. But you know what I was saying is, Ole Miss because they're full, they can wait. This is not year one of a transition where a coach says, "I got thirteen scholarships, only have nine kids. Let's just take some dudes. We'll figure it out." Mm-hmm. That's that's not where they are. They'll uh, we'll see what happens with with Morel, and then. I think if they get him they stop and I think if they don't get him I kind of think they stop. Yeah. And see what happens in the spring, see what happens with transfers.
1: I think they like this team a lot that they have right now.
0: Well, watching them in practice, I like them. They're good. Mhm.
1: Hey, I I keep telling people and and we can maybe kind of slide into this topic here since there's not much to really say, but I've been telling people how funny it would be for Ole Miss to lose to Memphis in football and then turn around and beat them in basketball. And I don't think that that's too crazy to say.
0: No, I'm already kind of looking forward to that game next month.
1: That's going to be a great game. I mean, it's going to be just a ridiculous, you know, uh, just yin and yang there because you've got just – all-world five-star talent all over the place at Memphis, and then you just got X's and O's, just stud Kermit Davis, just going back and forth. I mean, I I think it's a very intriguing game, and it's a early chance for
0: Ole Miss to really make a statement. Well, oh, it's that for sure. It's a chance for them to get a, a big-time quality win, to jump up on the radar. It's also, don't forget, it's an opportunity for Ole Miss to take advantage of being the team that has the veteran backcourt. Mm-hmm. against a young team. That's going to be really good, but I think Memphis might play for, might start five freshmen. Oh. And they're all really talented. I mean, they're really good. They're they're athletic and all of that stuff and the NBA scouts will be all over the Tigers this year. But early oh, early in the absolutely. year, a young team like that will be susceptible to a veteran team.
1: Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. And even and, and like what Penny said a couple weeks ago with, hey, we're trying to win a title.
0: Which I didn't have a problem are, with that.
1: Yeah, like you're obviously trying to win a title. My thing was growing up in that city and knowing how those fans are, it's just setting him up for – they'll eat him alive if they underachieve. And I'm fine with him being confident. And, I mean, I think that's a thing you, that's a – talking through the media to your players where it's you know hey i believe in every every single one of y'all we're not scared anybody we're going out there to go undefeated and win the title that's yeah totally fine but since john calipari left those fans are just relentlessly unrealistic
0: yeah they're crazy I, if they underachieve they're going to be all over him anyway but if he's going to turn them into a perennial national power, he has to go ahead and establish that expectation.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the dude's done everything right up until this point. I mean, they had their their midnight madness the other night and they had some some big name hip hop artists there performing. They had like six top fifty players there sitting courtside. I mean, he's 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 gotten everything going for him right now all they got to do is tip the ball off and they got to win some games, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on Memphis in that game. It's you know, the quote unquote rivalry game with Ole Miss. It's SEC. It's a big opportunity. It's going to be on national TV. A lot of, a lot of talent on that floor against a lot of experience from Ole Miss. So it's a, that has to be a game that's circled on a lot of people's schedule that are college basketball fans.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, I don't know, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that Memphis team all year. I just think catching them early when they might still be a little full of themselves, catching them early when they haven't really been tested by a veteran team yet. Yeah. The only thing with Ole Miss is that, keep in mind, early in the season, Ole Miss is going to be kind of young in some spots too. Yeah. But having the veteran guards will will help. I mean, I think Ole Miss is going to start two freshmen, a sophomore – maybe a Juco transfer, and then the two senior guards. I mean, I know I added more than five, but that's kind of the mix. It's not like it's four seniors out there.
1: You think Austin Crowley plays a lot? Oh, yeah, for sure. Is that the freshman you're referring to? Yeah, he and Hunter. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I know they like the front court a lot, and you know what you've got in the back court, so whatever you get from Austin Crowley is just kind of a bonus because you've got the most experienced backcourt and the returning leading scorer in the conference coming back. So not bad.
0: Um so anyway, that's that's kind of where basketball is. It's for the people that want it to be dramatic and stuff. I don't think it's going to be that. I don't know how close Morel is to a decision. Um I don't know what else he has planned visit-wise. I'm hoping to speak to him at some point Sunday after his trip. There's really no point in talking to him before his trip. I'd mm-hmm. rather talk to him after his trip when he's taken the trip and he's had some time. Um, they had a couple of kids in last week, 21 kids. They did well with both. They're in the mix with both. They're already turning the page to you know, to that class. Um, they're – they're not gonna. Here's the thing, and this isn't a knock on AK or anything. Ole Miss years ago had that run where they went after Johnny O'Brien and Kai Madden and uh, the Holland's kid from Memphis, and they went over. And I think in the aftermath of that, they sort of made the decision. You know what? We can't win these battles. This just doesn't work. And they went another direction and European kids and stuff. And I'm not saying that was a bad decision. Sebastian Saiz was a hell of a basketball player for Ole Miss. Marshall Henderson was a hell of a basketball player for Ole Miss. Stephen Moody was a hell of a basketball player for Ole Miss. But I, I don't think this staff, at least not right away, is going to hit the panic button and go, you just can't do it here. I think they're just going to keep plugging away at those same kinds of kids. Mm-hmm. And eventually one of two things will happen, right? You'll either get them. And you know the rest of that, or you mm-hmm. won't. And if you don't, over the period of years, at some point, you got to figure it out. But losing Brakefield and Hoggard is not the end of the program. They, they move on to the next the next group of kids in the next year. Yeah. And now you'll have more time to build even more relationships with them. And don't forget, they got Sean Robinson, who is basically a kid in that in the twenty class.
1: Right. And that's just a bonus. To right. have him already on campus and yeah. in the weight room and yeah, look, on a meal plan and all I mean, that's that's He, he can't looks like an,
0: he looks like an NBA player.
1: I but, told you when I saw that first video that y'all posted a couple weeks ago that he looked like Jason Tatum to me just from far away. He's just got like I mean, and I just said Jason Tatum. He's just long and, but that's just an NBA body that he looked. That he just already has.
0: I hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah, no, he he looks NBA to me. I watch mm-hmm. a lot of NBA. He looks NBA. Long, springy, quick twitch, all that stuff, and his game is super raw. And they'll do looks a like really he good. Runs game. pretty well. Oh yeah. Oh, he's no, he's look, he's he's the kind of player they've never gotten before. I've told uh-huh. people that I've told people that. They've never had that dude. They've had really tall guys who are gangly and can't move. And they've had <laughs> six, eight athletic guys like Reggie Buckner who were really good college players, but they weren't good enough to be dominant college players and they weren't tall enough to be NBA bigs. I think Reggie's still playing overseas. I mean, he was a hell of a player, but you know what I mean. I mean, they just never had the full package, and I think, right. I think Robinson gives them a chance at that. We're going to switch to football. Before we do, I want to tell you this podcast is also brought to you in part by the Refrigeration Company. TRC is owned and operated by Jeremy Wattler. He's been in the refrigeration field for more than 20 years, including five as a national service manager. At TRC, they understand that great service means being responsive, Their highly trained, responsible, and dedicated staff are available 24-7 to ensure your complete satisfaction. They specialize in ammonia refrigeration but work on any other HFC, HCFC, or CO2 systems. TRC is building winning relationships with customers in baking, cold storage warehouses, ice production facilities, and facilities serving dairy, food, poultry, and catfish processing. They're based in Spanish Fort, Alabama, but they're licensed in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and South Carolina as well. TRC can handle all of your company's refrigeration needs, including installation, fabrication, service, compressor rebuilds, ammonia detection, calibration, vibration analysis, and more. To learn more, call Jeremy Wattler at 251-348-888. 533 or email him at jeremy at com. follow trc at the refrigeration company on facebook or at their website therefridgeco.com we're also sponsored by elite dental care with offices throughout west tennessee in germantown jackson and trenton elite dental care has five doctors with more than 75 years of combined experience and with there are different areas of expertise the doctors at elite dental care offer convenience along with the latest in technology they uh, are focused on staying up to date on all the latest technology including intraoral cameras digital x-rays and impressions 3d x-rays and more Uh, they offer both conscious sedation and iv sedation they're able to get much more work done in one visit which ultimately saves the patient time and money So if you're looking for a dentist in West Tennessee or the Memphis area, call Dr. Mark Harper, Dr. Clint Buchanan, and Dr. Mike Farah at Elite Dental Care. To reach the doctors at Elite Dental Care, go to EliteDentalCare.com or follow them on Facebook and or Instagram. And last but not least, we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop now with two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland next to Fleet Feet and the new location in Flowood next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, that's okay. You can visit them online at collegecornerstore.com, plus Facebook and Instagram. Don't waste your game day in Oxford stuck in traffic and long lines to get your gear. Stop by before you go, and their staff will have you in and out and on your way. The College Corner has you covered for all your tailgate and home gate needs. They have the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi throughout the month of October. Mention Rebel Grove at checkout, and you get 15% off your entire purchase. You can also use it online. Just put Rebel Grove in the coupon tab at the checkout to get the same discount. That's collegecornerstore.com. All right, let's talk some football. There's not a lot to get to. Had a a visit weekend last weekend, a lot of unofficial visits. Had a good crowd. It was a great atmosphere at Vaught-Hemingway. Ole Miss won. All of that stuff. They played a lot of young guys. Talking to people inside the program, Zach, they'll tell you that the one thing turning heads more than anything else is how many young guys are playing.
1: I mean, I think that's one of the best recruiting sales pitches you can make is you're not afraid to play guys early and when they get there, they're, they're getting their opportunities. And I think that you're certainly seeing that. I mean, I think McIntyre and I guess and Rich Rod on offense because Plumlee and Snoop and Ely are playing a lot and a lot of receivers and linemen, but it's not, you know, something that you tell somebody in the living room and then they get there and it's like, well, you know, we're going to redshirt you. We're, we're not sure. We're, you know, we don't really know how you fit in here. No, I mean, once once some things kind of hit a couple bumps in the road, I mean, they were immediately just, you know, put some freshmen out there. Let's see what they got.
0: So, Oh, it's and it's the sales pitch now. Oh yeah. Hey, if, if 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 you come here and you're ready to go, you're on the field. If you don't mm-hmm. believe me, look at all the freshmen on the field. Yeah. We're playing guys. They're telling them, hey, don't don't get hung up on wins and losses right now. I mean, we're trying to win. We want to get our seniors to a bowl game. That's the sales pitch. But they're they're telling them, hey, we're gonna be salty in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that you're building towards, and I know a lot of people said it, I think it was after the the Arkansas game, uh, just mentioning playing all these young guys and you're building a foundation to build on. You're playing all these 2019 guys right now, and it's, you know, hey, you've got 2020 guys that are in attendance. You've got 2021 guys that are there. You know, hey, these are the guys that are playing right now on offense and on defense. These are the ones that you're going to be playing with, so it's not you know, oh, I see Benito Jones, he's doing this and that. I can see myself doing that no, like you're you're seeing somebody um you know DeAndre Prince is out there. You can see what he's doing, and then you can do it yourself and play with him next year so that's uh, I think a lot of things where some of these recruits know the the current players if they're from mississippi or from the same hometown and i think that that's another thing that you can build on is hey a.j finley's out there playing we we, we told him we'd bring him here and he'd play you know ashanti sistrunk you know the the plumley snoop connor ely all the receivers i mean that it, it's not just talk anymore you can point to it you can point to the snap count
0: you know the other thing zach is that we talked about this a little bit on the Oxford Exxon podcast. When you play young guys like this, two things happen, especially when you play quality young guys, and these guys are good. Two things happen, invariably. They make some freshman mistakes, where almost they get not embarrassed, that's not the right word, but they get schooled. That's the right word. They get schooled some. Mm-hmm. And a couple years later, or a year later, those guys start making those plays. Mm-hmm. They start making those plays. And this is, this class, this last class, uh, This talking to people in the program, I, I, it's so funny, I, I get called a homer off this stuff more than I get, I've ever been called a homer in my life. <laughs> but I actually believe it. I, I really I, I believe what I'm saying. This class was a foundational class. This was not going to be the star-filled superstar class. This was a foundational class. And I look around and go, I don't know. I see some players in this class. I mean, it's funny. Play along with me here, and I'm going to be careful how I do this. Okay. Okay. Because of skin color and how fast he runs, people compare John Rice Plumley to Christian McCaffrey, and they say, boy, if you put him in the, in the backfield, you know who <laughs> reminds me of Christian McCaffrey on this team? Jaron Ealy. Absolutely. If yeah. Christian McCaffrey weren't white, he would draw those comparisons. And I'm not getting into a white-black thing. I'm just keeping it real.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I've, I've been telling people I think that as a quarterback that John Rice Plumley has got a lot of he's got a lot of Pat White in him. A lot now of Pat, Pat White. Now Pat White had a much better
0: arm. He did. And now I and and I don't, I don't, don't remember. Is as, I don't think. And I I knew Pat. I covered him when he was uh, at Daphne, and then when he went to West Virginia, I actually went to Morgantown to do stuff. I don't think Pat ran as well as John Rice Plumley runs.
1: Yeah. I I always tell people there's a difference. You can look like you're you can run fast and you can run hard. Um I think Plumley runs hard. Pat White runs fast. I mean, I think when you look at Pat, he was kind of gliding. He had a long stride, made it look kind of easy. I mean, when Plumley's out there running, I mean he is getting after it. Picking him up and putting him down. I mean, he's moving, and he's a four-four uh, guy. Hmm. But yeah, I mean the McCaffrey thing. I mean McCaffrey was almost two hundred pounds when he was a senior in high school, and Plumley's about twenty pounds away from that. And McCaffrey was six feet tall. Um, Plumlee's not six feet tall. No, he's- but, but but he can run. Now, I. Hey, I I told some other day they should try to figure out a way oh. to raise money for charity. And have Plumley and Ely have a race and try to you know do something to raise money because I mean I would I mean that'd be something that people would show up to see because those two guys can really run. Well, Jonathan but,
0: Mingo told another freshman told us last night that he's faster than Plumley. Oh well, put he, him at quarterback. Says he's faster, throws better. I thought, well, then why are you not playing quarterback? Uh, but it shows you how he's, they, 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 it's a really good group. They mm-hmm. have impact players at quarterback. And I don't know what Plumlee's future is. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. They have impact players at running back. What about freshman? Wide receiver, left tackle, at least one guard, uh, three DBs. And they're
1: they're young everywhere, but they're getting experience this year.
0: And but I think that this is – Quality experience. Yeah. I mean, this is a house money year. That's what I think too. It's just – and people say, oh, you're just defending Luke. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I've been – I'm the only person that I know in the media who covers Ole Miss who has said this on the record. If they don't win next year, it's not going to work. Right. I agree with you. They've got to get to a bowl – or they've got to get to six, seven, maybe even – got to get to seven wins probably for people to be happy next year. Mm-hmm. And given the way the schedule lays out, that's going to be difficult. There's a oh, very the first, real the chance – first month is insane. Yeah, there's a very real chance they're laying the foundation for the next, next staff. But to yep. not acknowledge what they're doing with young players right now in terms of developing them and getting them on the field and getting them experience is just – Drivel, Mm -hmm. and I expect this next class to be really good. It's impactful, and I don't think I know they're not done. I, I, I think they're going to get a a handful of impact players at the end. I hear people asking me, "When's the next commitment?" My gut is it's still close to the end of the season, if not after the season, that we're going to get that post Thanksgiving build up to the early signing period where there's you and I will actually have stuff to talk about and write about. I, I I don't I think it's gonna be a little while, honestly. For example, I don't think McKinley Jackson's doing anything before the end of his season. I don't think JJ Pegues is doing anything before the end of his season. I don't think Emmanuel yep. Forbes is doing anything until very close to signing day. Um well we're in what
1: week six or seven give or take where you are in the country for high school
0: football about seven yeah
1: a lot of kids are saying they're not doing anything till the end of their senior year yeah now could you know i don't know if that means regular season or if that means you know season's over i know piggies said he's not doing anything till the end of his season um a guy like reggie grimes he's listed a date in november we'll see if he holds to it but yeah, I mean, we we said it a couple months ago. Um, their spots are limited, and all of the dudes they're waiting on, they're going to wait.
0: Well, and they have so a couple of visit up op- weekend opportunities after the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, and then the weekend, I guess, the weekend after that. So you have a couple of weekends where you can bring kids in. A lot of kids will wait and take those visits. And then they'll take a, three-week hiatus because of the holidays and the convention, and they'll come back and they'll have three weeks for everybody to finish up their classes, and that's just kind of how it goes. And for most programs, and Ole Miss I know wants to get to this place, those last three weeks will be spent on a couple of kids and getting ahead for 2021,
1: 20, mm-hmm. which starts
0: to make me feel really old. <laughs> because yeah. my second kid's in the 2021 class, and I'm not ready for that to happen.
1: Yeah, that's I was at a um I was at a fundraiser uh last week for an organization here in Nashville for, for high school kids and I told my wife at one point I was like just think that every kid in here was born in the year two thousand or later.
0: It's depressing.
1: <laughs> it, it's wild. But yeah, I mean it's there's not gonna be any I mean unless somebody surprises and just jumps out, and you know, I it, the one candidate now. Please turn your turn your podcast machine up and hear me loud and clear. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if I had to pick one who I think would surprise people, I would. For some reason, I just say Mari Thomas. Maybe he just is like, all right, the jig is up. I'm going to Ole Miss because my buddy Jabari's going there.
0: Yeah, I can see that, but that's
1: the only one. I think the rest of them are going to. Hold steady.
0: I could see that. And I do think he ends up at Ole Miss. Yeah, I, don't, I do too. People say, what's he waiting on? I don't know. He's got the right to wait as long as he wants to wait. Now, there's yeah. a chance that spots fill up, but I think he's one of those guys that Ole Miss would wait on.
1: Yeah, or at least be like, hey, you need to, you need to commit. Yeah, there's –
0: I don't know. There's, I think- there's somewhere between four and seven to eight spots potentially available, depending on a couple of things. Mm-hmm. And they've got 15, 16, 17 guys kind of left on their board, including people committed to other schools and stuff like that. Like actually trying to put together a really accurate hot board right now without violating a couple of sources would be hard.
1: Right. Yeah, because I mean, the, the, there's some there's some games you play in recruiting a little bit where you don't want to tip your hand on being yeah. in it with somebody, and
0: and it's not really keeping secrets from anybody. Uh, just there's the DB down at Alabama. Um, oh, what's his name? Sidney Williams,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who I think is close to pulling the trigger for Ole Miss. They like him a lot, but you know, close could mean. Could mean a month and a half. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if he waited for the end of his high school season because he's just waiting for the end of his high school season, I get it. What difference? Mm-hmm. Is, what difference does it make? A lot of kids are going to. do – I think recruiting is going to get this. I think we're about to hit a point where recruiting is going to be like a pattern. Lots of stuff in June, into July, then it dies. A lot of stuff late November, early December, dies. And then the traditional mid-January to the first Wednesday in February run. Yeah, I just think I think the summer is going to become the big heavy commitment period.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they've got they've got two opportunities left. They've got A and M at home, and then LSU in November at home to have some big visit weekends. And I think that these visit weekends they're kind of using as a way to gauge interest and to see who actually is interested, you know, who actually wants to come here, not, not not to commit, but just who wants to, who wants to come and and meet with the coaches, see a game, meet the current players, meet the other commits. I think that they've got two, two more home games, but they're conference games or SEC West games. And I think you're probably, if I had to guess, I think you're going to have a nice crowd for both of those games. Regardless of what happens against Missouri, regardless of what happens against Auburn, I think there's going to be a big crowd at both those games.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Weather's going to be nicer. Both have large fan bases. LSU's going to bring a of people. Oh, yeah. That's it. A&M, first game. $8 is a a very reasonable price. They caught
0: a big break. 6.30, fall weather.
1: Oh, wow, it's going to be amazing.
0: You can buy beer. I am fascinated to see how prepared they are for beer. <laughs> You've got 2 weeks to get ready. Come on. Yeah, you got to get lots of vendors. You got to you got to have a system in place because people are going to want beer that night. Just for the novelty of buying a beer at the stadium. I'm telling you it's going to happen. It's going to be crazy. <sighs> for the for the sake of
1: I almost people Doing the "I told you so" almost can't do anything right, crowd. I really hope they get this right, just because of just everything else with the yeah with the with the student tense, and it became a joke and you no, know, just come on, do something with the. We haven't even talked about the chancellor search, but yeah, just do something right. Get the beer thing right.
0: You brought it up. I'll let. I've given my opinion so many times that it's done. Your thoughts on the (laughs) chancellor search? Uh,
1: I mean, I wasted my time thinking that Ole Miss was going to do something intelligent. I mean, it was just a whole sham. It was a fraud from day one. You hire the guy who you put in charge to make the hire? Sure. I've I've heard people say, oh, yeah, it's a power move. It's like, I, I guess, but, I mean, the guys, what was the quote where they were asking him about the job, and he was just like, well, I haven't done much research. Like, you, Oh, you haven't done much research on the job that you just got? Like, come on. The guy just seems like a total dork. And his mu- I mean, he needs to shave the mustache, right?
0: Or it's probably one of the worst things either. I've ever seen. Like one side's all bushy, and the other side's... Not not so bushy.
1: <laughs> I saw somebody said it looked like Ted Turner like, got in a fight with his
0: razor. <laughs> he looks like the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day yeah. Off. Yeah. And I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. When I saw that about Ted Turner, I was like, man, how did I not think of that? And then I saw with Ferris Bueller, and I was like, oh, that's another thing. How did I not see that?
0: I wonder but, how much- he he probably would claim to not know who I am, and he very well might not. But I wonder how much he already has been told to hate me.
1: Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't
0: care. Whatever. I,
1: yeah, I would love for him to reach out to us at, at Red Cup because we've we've made it known on Twitter how much we dislike him.
0: Yeah, y'all have been rough on him.
1: Yeah, Glenn, if you're listening, give us a give us a ring. <laughs> we can we we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I I I tuned out from it cuz wh- when it was happening I was I was in a I was in a car with my buddy we were going to play golf for the weekend so I basically everything everything just went crazy when y'all were at that I mean hell it seemed like a protest rally it was so and then, bad. <laughs>
0: then it was we so bad. I just
1: we pulled up at the golf course and I was just like yep I'm putting my phone in my bag and not
0: going to worry about it You know it. I wasn't going to go Chase was going to go, and I asked him a couple times that morning. i like, do you need me? He goes, do I need you? No, I'm good.
1: Aren't you so glad that you did that? Yeah,
0: there was something that told me. Something <laughs> told me, man, you got to go to this. You got to go to this. <laughs> I pulled up into that parking lot. And look, this isn't a political thing. It's not. But I pulled up into that parking lot. And when you live in Oxford and you don't get out much, and I don't, you don't see a lot of Tate Reeves stickers. <laughs> Tate Reeves would not win Mayor of Oxford. Oh, he man. wouldn't even have a chance. And I pulled into that parking lot, and there's nothing but Tate Reeves stuff everywhere. And I was like, whoa, this is about to get wild. Gosh. Literally, you... I kind of had a I, – I, I mean, I love me some chaos, and – I just strode my way into that thing knowing this was about to get crazy. I didn't think he'd get that crazy because there was a moment in there that I thought, I wish I weren't here. Because I started looking around that room, and I'm like, I bet that guy's armed, and I bet that guy's armed, and I bet that guy's armed, and they're angry. I
1: hate playing that game. It's terrifying. It is. Well,
0: you know I wasn't going over.
1: Wow, oh, no. You could have you could have spun in a circle with a blindfold on and done that.
0: Yeah. I just well, uh, anyway.
1: You know, you know what was funny was there was a picture of old Tate of old Tater on the sideline holding a football.
0: Yeah, I saw it.
1: And I tweeted a picture of it just making a joke and and somebody replied and said, Hey, is that a Nike shirt? And I had totally forgotten about that and I was like, Oh, it sure is. Look at him. Thought he thought he boycotted Nike <laughs> because of because of the whole you know kneeling yeah. support support yeah. the troops thing like
0: she tagged Colin Kaepernick in that
1: yeah which that's a whole other topic but I, people just did they realize that Colin Kaepernick was told to do that by a Green Beret did do they realize that that's what happened but uh. yeah you know I just. <laughs> I'm done counting on people to understand things
0: well i'm not I'm not happy with myself right now because I am so <laughs> checked out on political stuff and all of that stuff that I don't think I'm setting a good example for my kids i I feel like I well, should be better versed on what's going on with the the stuff with uh with trump and the ukraine and impeachment and all of that normally i would be because i love history i'm fascinated by it i i, I read uh, you know ron Chernow stuff and uh you know i, I like i like history mm-hmm. and i'm li- we're living history and i'm just ignoring it i mean at this point do you want your kids to pay attention to this <sighs> I mean, you know, you need to know what's going on in the world, but the problem is, is that there's so many people out there that refuse to. No one covers anything objectively. Everything is agenda-driven. Yeah. I mean, full circle. It's it's the reason he's the chancellor. One agenda, one <laughs> over another. That's true. There is no middle ground anymore. Yeah. Left or right. There, there, there certainly isn't. It's like a football game where the two teams run out on the field and they just stand on their sidelines and yell at each other. Nobody ever goes out in the field and plays the game. There's nobody in the middle of the field, it's just, <laughs> just sidelines, yelling at each other.
1: Uh, man, we are, in, we are in the twilight zone of the soft verbal right now yeah. talking about politics.
0: We probably should stop. You know, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, I guess to sum up this episode, I mean, Matt Merle's in town. That's a thing. But as far as football goes, I mean it's it's just the waiting game that's that's pretty much all we can say
0: well it's it's'll finish with this it's they're a, they're a big duck right now on top of the water they look really still <laughs> and below <laughs> the water they're kicking pretty hard. yeah so
1: I, know, I I know they feel confident in how they're doing things and who they've got on their board on their commitment board, I should say they they are very confident. In that
0: yes there is from a recruiting standpoint I'll vouch for that there is real confidence we'll see yeah I mean there's 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 no panic whatsoever oh no 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 it's the opposite of panic I think if anything and I don't want to violate confidences here I think if anything there's a a knowledge that there's a real possibility that there's gonna be some tough decisions to make here in a few weeks yeah but that's a as we always say, good problem to have. Well, Zach, we will uh, we'll stop there. You've got a baseball comeback to pray for, and uh, <laughs> I've got a dinner to cook. So we'll 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 leave it there for Zach Barry. I'm Neil McCready. That does it for another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast, presented by Dead Soxy. Don't forget deadsoxy Enter the promo code Rebel Grove at checkout. Get thirty percent off and check out their custom selection. It's really cool. It's easy, uh, and the product. It's just fantastic once you put it on your feet that's going to be your dress up from now on you'll you'll love it so for zach i'm neil until next week take care